4: Today, Clark Kent resumes his true identity of Superman in a valiant last minute effort to stem the onrushing wave of crime threatening to engulf the city of Metropolis as Lois Lane and young Jimmy Olsen make an astonishing discovery.
0: I think we should have told Mr. Kent we were coming here, Miss Lane. Oh, nonsense, Jim. We figured this out by ourselves. Why should we let him in on it? No, I still don't think it's right. Oh, hush. Go on now. Hold the flashlight higher. I can't see. There, is that better? Uh-huh. Oh, keeper, Jimmy, what's the matter? Look, at the end of the hole, it, it's the ghost of Captain Kidd.
3: Hey, Rube, ever hear that, gang? It's the shout that goes up in circuses and carnivals whenever there's trouble on the way. Like, for instance, when a fresh guy and a circus fan take a few pokes at each other on the fairway. The manager runs over to break it up, Soon, the juggler starts to mix it up with the fresh guy, too. Then, suddenly, the magician spots the fight. He looks around, sees the situation brewing, and then shouts, Hey, Rube! That's all, brother. In a flash, the whole carnival has changed. From every booth and sideshow, the circus folk come on the run. That cry is circus lingo for trouble. Come and help. And to circus people all over America, there's nothing more important than a Hey, Rube. You see, gang, circus people know what it means to work as a team. That's how they protect themselves from danger. For example, the aerialist who flies through the air must be caught by the other half of his team or die. That's how teamwork keeps circus folks alive. And that's why when any one of the circus people gets into trouble, everybody gets into the fight. As soon as the yell, hey, Rube, echoes over the sawdust, there's no holding them back. All for one and one for all. Well, gang, that's how all Americans should be. When a fellow American is treated unfairly for any reason, it's not enough to let him fight it out alone. His hayru means trouble for everybody and should bring us all running, ready to get into the scrap and mix it up but good. Because in unity there's strength. United we can't be beaten. So let's stop the petty intolerant bickering among ourselves and work together like a smooth running team should.
4: And now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> In his office at City Hall, Mayor Perry White is holding an important press conference. Standing at his desk, he faces a battery of newspaper cameramen and reporters defending himself against the vicious charges made by the Metropolis Daily Blade. Charges that he has been dishonest.
2: You've all undoubtedly read the editorial on the front page of last night's Daily Blade. An editorial attacking this administration and me personally. Now, I've called this conference with you... But even as he speaks, Mayor White seems to sense an air air
4: of disbelief in the room.
2: His practiced eye catches a few stars.
4: looks of polite mockery on Say the faces the of the reporters as they take note
2: Then, then finally, he
4: closes party. his remarks.
2: Now I tell you that the police are working very hard. And I promise you, as soon as I receive word of any new developments, I'll pass them on to you. Now, any questions? Yes, your honor. What about the ghosts of those old-time bad men you've been seeing, Captain Kidd and Jesse
4: James? <laughs>
2: Why, I, I didn't exactly see them myself. It was reported to me. How
4: are the police going to catch them? Put salt on their tail? Yes. Now,
2: gentlemen, gentlemen, please. This is no laughing matter. Your honor, are you aware of the fact that Councilman Hammer has been appointed to conduct a full investigation? Why, uh, no, I am not officially aware. He's uh,
4: promised to turn the administration upside down, which
2: will probably make him a candidate for mayor at the special election.
4: How are you going to stop him, Your Honor? By digging up a few more ghosts, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> this administration will be a ghost by the time Hammer gets there. Right. <laughs> As the reporters hurl of questions at him, Perry White tries to answer clearly and logically, but it's hopeless, and he realizes the conference has been a dismal failure. Councilman Hammer has done his work well. And now all the other papers of Metropolis are siding with the Daily Blade. An hour later, he is slumped in his familiar battered chair at his editorial office in the Daily Planet, completely dejected. Lois Lane and Jimmy stand by anxiously.
2: I've never put in a half hour of such torture in my life, it was terrible. They all had their knives out and they cut me to ribbons. I'm sorry, Chief. But why did they do it? They used to like you. They always treated you fair and square. Well, that mealy-mouthed, bucket-nosed Hammer is a good salesman, apparently. He spoke to them before I did and told them everything I was going to say. Only twisted things around to suit his purpose.
0: Who is this man, Hammer Chief? I haven't heard anything about him
2: before. Well, he was appointed a couple of months ago to fill John Miles' place. Oh. Well, how
0: are you going to fight him?
2: Well, there's only one way I can fight him, Lois. By breaking this up, this Ghost Brigade.
0: No leads on that yet, Chief? No.
2: Henderson and the police report no progress, but Kent's working on an angle. Clark?
0: Gosh, what's the angle? And he
2: found some wax at the Metropolis Bank after it was held up. And he found another piece in the subway traffic control office after the system broke down. What
0: did he expect to prove with pieces of wax? He's way off base. Yeah,
2: that's what I thought. But then we found another piece of wax this morning at the spot where that truck was hijacked last night. No kidding. It was red and shaped like the tip of a feather.
0: The lizards.
2: Indians? Just like the driver said. Oh, rubbish. Jim, Indians don't wear wax feathers. Well, no, that's the puzzling part of it, Lois. Kent's trying to find out where the wax came from. It's not the usual kind. The police laboratory analyzed it and reported that it's the stuff that's used in making life-size figures, like, uh, like clothing dummies. Wax
0: figures? Life-size figures? I wonder. You wonder what? Huh? Oh, nothing, Chief. Nothing. Come on, Jim. Well, where to? Don't ask questions. Just come with me. uh... Now, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? To do Clark Kent's job for him. I know where those pieces of wax come from.
4: Meanwhile, across town, Superman, still in his guise of Clark Kent, has just made the tenth stop in a long and weary search for the telltale wax and received the tenth discouraging reply. Uh, Looks as if you're chasing up a blind alley, Kent, old boy. Ten misses so far and a promise of more to come. Uh, Well, I'll have to keep on with it, I guess. Let's see who's next on the list. Great Scott, what was that? Startled, Kent looks up the street in time to see a puff of smoke billow out of a small tailor shop. Spraying broken bits of glass and splintered wood out across the sidewalk. As people on the street quickly converge on the wrecked store, Kent notices a small coupé parked across the street suddenly start up and roar away. That looks like trouble. Man-made. Here. This doorway's pretty deep. Nobody's paying attention, so off with these clothes. And we'll let Superman find out what's going on. There we are. Up! Up! And away! (laughs) One bound, Superman reaches the middle of the street and, catching a fleeting glimpse of the coupe rounding a turn two blocks away, streaks after it like the wind. But as he rockets past the wrecked tailor shop, he glances inside and, with his X-ray vision, sees something that makes him turn sharply in midair. great oh, Scott! That old man—he's pinned to the floor by that crossbeam. Those people will never be able to lift it in time. Down to him! Down! Ah. There, that'll do it. Now let's see how badly he's hurt. Somebody call an ambulance. All right, all right, all right. They, they can't force me to. Easy, easy Don't Gangsters, talk. Gangsters, racketeers. Hey, hey easy. what's going on here? What happened? Who are you? Miller oh. of the Daily Blade. I was just passing by and I saw the crowd. Get them. Oh. Stop them. They're criminals. Well, what's he talking about? Hey. What criminals? Leave him alone. He's too weak to talk. Gangsters wanted me to, to buy protection. They, they threw a bomb in my store. A bomb? Oh, murder. Oh. The old protection racket. Now, wait a minute. Oh, Mayor White thought he cleaned up this town, did he? Ha, <laughs> ha. Wait till my paper gets a hold of this. As the Blade reporter hurries out of the bomb wrecked tailor shop, Superman, holding the elderly tailor gently, feels a cold chill run up and down his spine. This is a damaging blow to Perry White's reputation. So far, his only defense against his critics. And Superman has waited too long. The men who committed this outrage are now too far away for successful pursuit. We'll bring you the strange and mysterious climax of today's episode in just a moment.
3: So keep listening. Gang, it was just 173 years ago that Paul Revere made his famous midnight ride to warn the American Minutemen that the British were coming. Well, there was another man like Paul Revere. He was a man named Francis Salvador, and he warned the Southern colonists that the Cherokees were coming. It happened on July 1st, 1776. 1776. Francis Salvador was on his plantation when the terrible news reached him that the Cherokees had swooped down on the frontier villages and farms. He was determined to get word to the garrison stationed 30 miles away and to warn the isolated colonists. Although he knew that to do this meant riding directly through the Indians' line of march, that didn't stop him. The famous ride of Francis Salvador will always be remembered wherever men of Carolina meet. For by alerting the garrison and the frontiersmen, he saved the colony but paid the supreme price. For when the fighting was done and the victory gained, the Americans found Salvador lying in the bushes. He had been scalped. And as he lay dying, he whispered to his sorrowing friends that they must always remember freedom was won by men of every race and religion, Protestants and Catholics and Jews like Salvador, who fought together for freedom. For that reason, he gasped, all Americans must live together in freedom." And don't you ever forget that, gang.
4: And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Pursuing a lead of her own, Lois Lane, accompanied by Jimmy Olsen, has reached the Metropolis Amusement Park, still closed and boarded up. Finding an open gate, they make their way through the deserted grounds to a flimsy two-story structure with a sign painted across the front of it. A sign that reads, Wax Museum.
0: You think this is where those pieces of wax came from, Miss Lane? I wouldn't be one bit surprised, Jim. Let's try to get inside. You think we ought to? By ourselves? Well, nobody's going to hurt us. Try the door. It's locked. I've got a skeleton key. Here. I don't like the idea of this. Oh, nonsense. Use the key. We're not going to hurt anything inside. Did you bring a flashlight? Yes. It's fine. Now close the door behind you. Maybe we better leave it open. You're no, no, close it. Now, Jim, walk straight ahead. Hold the light higher. There. Is that better? Yep. Yeah. Jeepers. Jimmy, what's the matter? Look. Down there. Captain Kidd. What? Oh, you gave me a fright it's only a wax model. Come on, let's look at him. Gosh, he sure looks real. There's a model of Nero, the Roman Emperor. Uh Uh-huh. And here's Jesse James. And this Indian next to Captain Kidd, he must be Geronimo. Jeepers. All the ghosts that have been showing up around town. Don't be silly. These are just wax statues. Yeah, but there's still something funny about it. Jimmy. Huh? What's the matter? The Indian's headdress. One of the feathers is broken off. Golly. And Mr. Kent found the wax tip. And here, there's a piece broken off Captain Kidd's sash. Look at Jesse James. A piece of his black boot is gone. Jimmy. Then it's true. These wax people can
2: move. They... They must...
4: The flashlight flickers wildly over the wax images. As Lois Lane turns pale. Jimmy catches his breath as he notices a peculiar gleam of evil shining out of the eyes of that bloodthirsty snake. Captain Kidd, something is wrong. Wax statues can't come to life, or can they? Gang, be sure to listen tomorrow, same time, same station. There's action and plenty of mystery in Chapter 7 of the Ghost Brigade on The Adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you'll hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
1: Welcome back. That was a thrilling changing into Superman scene. And definitely a nice cliffhanger to set things up. I was impressed with Perry White. I uh, didn't really totally lose it at the uh, press conference. I think the advice from uh, Clark Kent helped it. He did a very good job keeping it under control. The Francis Salvador uh, Information was really uh, fascinating. And actually, just a couple years after this program, there would be a memorial erected to him uh, in the city of Charleston, uh, South Carolina, as he was the first Jew to die for the American Revolution. Well, that will actually do it for today. Join us back here on Sunday as we bring you part seven. In the meantime, send your comments to Adam at AdamsWeb.us. Be sure and rate the show on iTunes. And pick up your copy of Speed Trap from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?